Hi, folks, and welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, featuring distinctly qualified global change makers that are dedicated to creating a healthier planet, one where diversity is lived, expressed, and celebrated. My name is Julian Guderlei. I'm committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. And in today's episode, my guest is John Rulak. Welcome, John. Good to be here. John, John is a hemp investor, an innovator, a serial entrepreneur, and philanthropist, writer and champion of regenerative agriculture. As the founder of the organic superfoods brand Mutiva, he has sourced and formulated close to 1 billion in retail sales of organic superfoods in the past 20 years. John is also an executive producer of the regenerative agriculture film Kiss the Ground, which was narrated by Woody Harrelson and featured on Netflix. Today, he works as an investor, support and advisor to various companies and organizations in the better for you and the planet sector. And over his career, John has founded six nonprofit organizations, uh, the most recent one, Great Plains Regeneration, and so much more that I hope we get to talk about. So again, welcome, John. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Great Plains Regeneration first, because you just told me it's like your newest thing that you're most excited about, your new baby on the way. So um, just give us a, a bit of a, a, a deep dive into what, what's brewing there and, and who's coming together for, for this initiative. Right. Yeah, well, I think it, it starts going back to um, seven years ago when I, had, when I uh, first started learning more about the, the power of regenerative agriculture as a, as a major solution to climate change. And uh, I heard a presentation uh, by, by um, a longtime friend and mentor, Will Allen, who's an organic farmer in Vermont. <clears throat> and when he, when, he, when he gave a presentation that agriculture was the, was the leading contributor to climate change or you know, very close to it, it's one or two, depending on you know, which, uh, which science set of data you, you rely on. I was like, uh, wow, why, why is it that so few people in the food industry were even talking about food and climate change? You know, um, and so out of that, uh, I started to to talk to people, and and I noticed that when I went to organic farming conferences, soil health as a solution for climate change, or to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, wasn't even on the agenda. No one was even talking about it at all. It was like pesticides are bad. You know, you know, organic is better for your health. But the, you know, the the leading existential crisis that our planet faces, loss of biodiversity, uh, you know, collapse of natural systems and, and extreme weather systems and climate chaos. This is, this is what's going on. It was like, how is it that no one in the food industry is talking about it? That led me to uh, say, well, let's do a film. Uh, and so I set out uh, back in about 2014 to find a filmmaker to, to, and I met Josh and Rebecca and, and we, we produced the film Kiss the Ground. I served as executive producer and, and, and then hooked up with the NGO uh, uh, Kiss the Ground, uh, the nonprofit, Ryland and Finian, which I know. And they've, they've just to mention this, which was epic. I think I've watched it like four times at this point. Um, if you haven't <coughs> watched it yet, go and watch yeah, Kiss, yeah. Kiss the Ground. Yeah. yeah, it's on, it's on Netflix. It's also, um, also on, um, uh, Vimeo, and there's a 45-minute free version um, for uh, schools and uh, farmers, and we have a farmer a version, a school version. So uh, when, just when that film was coming out, 
I was like, okay, it, regenerative agriculture seems to have, we're having, it's like our 15 minutes, you know, of fame. It's, it's, yeah, like hopefully it's not just a flash in the pan, but people are really talking more about it. It's, it's, you know, from, from giants like General Mills to, to Danone food companies, um, you know, to, uh, to consumers, to, um, you know, writers, um, you know, investors. It's just really, there's, there's, you know, uh, even Whole Foods says it's in the top 10 food trends, you know, is regenerative agriculture. So like, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to show up? Like now that the film's out, now that we got people's attention, because seven years ago, no one would, was even talking about it. And it, literally I was losing my mind. It was like, like this is a natural food expo. There's 90,000 people walking around here and no one's talking about soil health and climate change. <clears throat> and so with, a, with, a, with you know, a bunch of us, we created an idea virus <clears throat> called regenerative agriculture. Uh, um, and, and literally I, at the, 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 year, the, the years before I was focused on, on really kind of battling for mind share around the downsides of genetically modified ingredients. And, and the fact that they use so many so many chemicals, you know, every every GMO seed is dipped in neonics, which is killing bees and insects. And we can come back around to that. And so uh, I decided, though, instead of instead of saying GMOs are bad and Roundup is toxic and go to organic, how about if we just focus on soil health? Because if we can get people focused on soil health, the farmers focus on soil health, then we don't need the pesticides and herbicides. Once you get in balance in nature, if you mimic nature, you really don't need those so many. Um, so mm -hmm. that's the film. Um, and, you know, instead of fighting the system, just trans, just create a new system and, and, and let, and let that flow that way. So it's kind of like that, that Bucky, Bucky minister fuller, you know, Buck minister fuller idea, you know, if you want to change the system, don't necessarily fight it, just create a, a better, better model. Make, make um, it obsolete. Yeah. yeah. And so out of the app. So, so then six months ago, I'm going, wow, this film's great. <clears throat> you know, we, we did it, it's out. Um, and uh, I was like, okay, what's next? And I think that's really important in our lives to ask, <clears throat> to slow down and say, what's next? What, what, you know, what, what could I do? You know, how could I serve? How, how, could, I, how could I be more on purpose? Or, uh, um, you know, what's the next challenge? <clears throat> so. What came to me was, um, how about if we focus right in the middle of North America, um, in the United States, in Kansas and Nebraska, in Oklahoma, and in the Great Plains, and work with the farmers and ranchers. And I feel that of all of the 50 states, those, those are the, some of the ideal places to focus on regenerative agriculture. They don't necessarily have the, the best soils but there's a lot of ranchers and farmers. They have some areas with little amount of rain, some places with more rain, some places they have confined animal feedlots. And, and in Kansas also has the last remaining of tall grass prairies, which are, which are great storehouses of, of, of carbon. So form the Great Plains Regeneration uh, to restore the vast Great Plains, which, which you know, travels from Texas all the way up the middle of the country, all the way up to Canada with farmers and ranchers to, to uh, increase biodiversity, to restore our watersheds, um, uh, to in, uh, increase holistic grazing of animals, um, uh, to uh, influence regenerative agriculture policy, uh, to increase farmer uh, 
uh, you know, income and, and make them more resilient. And so that's, so start on that journey. And, and uh, we just launched that a few, few months ago. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we have some, some grants out. We're looking to, to educate farmers and ranchers and really be between the, the policymakers and those who really want to see regeneration happen. We actually have the relationships and the connections with many farmers, uh, you know, through our, through our work with, with some of the leaders, such as Gail Fuller, Jessica Nad, Graham, um, Christensen that that have been working in these for you know in this in this area for over a decade and some several decades, and then um, I got a call from 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 a gentleman um, about a month and a half ago, and and he was talking about the the whole issue around grains and heirloom grains and how we've really bastardized. Uh, um, We've hybridized many of the, the the wheat varieties. You know, 60 years ago, uh, 80 years ago, spray a lot of chemicals on it. We we strip all the nutrition through this really invasive milling process called uh, roller milling. And there's like 117 of these mills across the United States producing like 99% of the flour. And, and essentially, people are eating bread with no fiber. And and if you look at a nutritional uh, assessment of wheat, it's one of the most nutrient dense foods there is in the world. But it's funny, wheat is like it's like it's like talking about wheat and gluten is like is like talking about ISIS. <laughs> it's kind of become a, a bad actor. That's for yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, if six weeks ago you would have said, "Yeah, John, you're going to get involved in helping you know helping change." Uh, uh, the wheat industry and the grains industry, you know, I'd be looking at you like, what are you talking about? Um, but what what came clear to me is, is if we're going to make change in agriculture, we need to really do it in the middle of the country where we have these large farms, and and um, and also they have they're having water issues. There's run the Walla Reservoir is running, you know, you know, lower and lower levels, and eventually we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drain it all, and it's getting contaminated. And so we can- Well, it's we, all really connected, right? If we think of it, like the soil and the water question is that's yeah. the big cycle of life on this planet is if we take care of soil and water, now suddenly we're resonating in harmony with the regenerative principle of life again. Yeah, yeah. And it's I'll fascinating, you, John, that this is what's coming through. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll give you an example of, of just one simple change. And this is interesting. No organic farmers that I know of do this. But the regenerative farmers, which are really bringing a, a different perspective around soil, that, and, and of course, if you can combine the best of regenerative, the best of organic, then, then we really have a great system. Uh, there's a gentleman named Rick Clark that's doing that in, in, uh, in Indiana with his corn, corn soybean uh, you know, rotations, um, uh, organic no-till. So, but but what some, one of our farmers are doing is when they plant wheat, instead of just you know, like, yeah, you can do a cover crop in the wintertime. Yeah, you can, you can, you know, incorporate animals um, after the wheat cover crop. But what they're doing is planting, companion planting, not cover crop, but when they, when they, when they, when they put in the seed for the, for the, uh, for the wheat, for the cedar, they throw in um, radishes, they throw in clover, and that fixes nitrogen. So as, so you have three, two or three crops growing at the same time, and one of them is your cash crop is the wheat, but the other two are producing 
uh, more nitrogen. And but when I I was on a I was on a, a Zoom call with like about 20, 15 or twenty farmers, and some got a little like what? You know I can't do that. <clears throat> you know and and then when I got off the phone call. Um, because we're we're you know we're working on a new project around grains and marketing in the co-op. So, but some some of the farmers who've been doing this, they say, you know, like I've been doing this for ten years. It's just a mindset. Yeah. You know, the farmers. Right. It's just replenishing the yeah. soil right yeah. at the get go. So, so we can provide part of the nutrition. So that's just an example of 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 how to uh, how we can we regenerate by working with plants. Um, so, one of the things that I that I started to look at was if we're going to focus and regenerate the Great Plains, and this is where originally the great grasslands, these were all, you know, with buffalo populated by, you know, you know, over, you know, maybe 100 million buffalo, you know, huge quantities. Um, and the soils really, and the reason why the soils have become so, <clears throat> were so lush there partly was the buffalo herds, you know, munching the grass. And, and so, so, so that's what regenerative agriculture and, and holistic grazing is, is mimicking the wild, you know, wild movement of animals. Um, so, so the, the, um, the cows or sheep would come on to the, would, would come on to a, a, a pasture area and they would eat the grass and you just leave them there for a couple of days. So maybe let's just say the grass is like at knee high and then they would, they would eat a third of it down in a couple of days, they trample it, you know, their manure and their urine, all fertilized, activate, you know, put, you know, increase the potential of the soil with the micro microorganisms and the bacteria and the fungi and the sun and the plants and the animals, all that beautiful interaction there. Um, and then you take the, the cow away and you don't come back for six months or a year. <clears throat> the problem- Which is, is the important piece, right? Is you keep yeah. moving them after yeah. a few days so yeah. that they're not trampling in the same little box. Exactly, because that creates the, the degenerative system when you leave it there, because then they, the, the root gets, the, the, the roots get smaller because the, the uh, grass just gets eaten down to the nub. So then if you wait though, and, and now, now not only you increase the amount of, of, of root mass, you're increasing the carbon, <clears throat> you're going to more perennial uh, grasses than annual grasses. And, and you're also, you can increase the amount of cows you can have on the land. <clears throat> so ironically, the, the world, we need to double the amount of cows on the planet or triple. It's exact opposite of of cowspiracy and the and what I call um, this. There, I, I wrote an article and I don't know if you saw that article. It just came out. Well, I was talking to you I think we last time, but it's called "Make America's Rivers uh, Blue Again," and, and it came out about about five six weeks ago. And in there, I talk. There's this unholy alliance that blows people's minds away. That they people don't quite see this, but essentially. Monsanto and Bayer and the major food industries they that, that were doing all these chemicals and junk food and they go, how can we continue to sell more pesticides, herbicides, chemical fertilizers and and industrial GMO crops and convince the public, which is getting more interested in food, how can we create a story to keep selling all that? <clears throat> and they came up with the most brilliant strategy in the food industry ever. <clears throat> it's like epic brilliance. And they said, ah, we can transform the what people call our food 
we can call it plant-based. So, so, um, so today we have a entire global juggernaut and the players are the Gates Foundation, University of Oxford, the um, groups like the World Resource Institute, groups like the Sierra Club, <clears throat> Silicon Valley, Wall Street, Bloomberg, The Guardian, <clears throat> and multiple billionaires like Jeff Bezos, who just gave money, $100 million to the World Resource Institute, which is a lot of people don't know who they are. They used to be one of the best, they were used to be called World Watch. It was one of the best environmental organizations. I was a member. <clears throat> and they have 1600 people. It's like it's like its own, almost like a little country of people working for them. <clears throat> they produced a 500 page report on food. <clears throat> All the top people who work there, they know nothing about soil. They know nothing about food. Their philosophy major and a McKinsey expert, five-year McKinsey consultant <clears throat> that's in charge of that. So they so gave you an example. They said, <clears throat> what is Africa going to do with the coming climate change? This is their report. And this is what they deliver to the United Nations. This is what they give to the World Bank. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> this is what they, this is what the, the major foundations in the world listen to. They're at Davos. They're they're at all these all these top in, all these top gatherings. <clears throat> so I um, talked to people for yeah. an hour. I talk to these people for now. So, like, here's what here's what they here's what they say Africa needs to do with extreme climate change. <clears throat> Out of the four focuses, two of them was said they need to have better seed varieties, and not one had to do with <clears throat> increase the organic matter of the soil, soil health, better grasslands. So when 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 there's extreme weather events, you want the Increasing the organic matter by 1% can hold 20,000 gallons of water per acre. It's like a giant sponge. Hmm. So this is what we're facing. We are facing um, a global greenwashing and, 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 and because they, what they think, what they found is, is the vegans and, and it's nothing wrong with being a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for, for 15 years. And I have plenty of my friends vegetarian. Sometimes they get a little, they get a little, they, 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 they have a little challenge listening to this. But the vegans today, they will either they will either say it or they won't say anything because it's kind of like their team. But they would rather kill all species on the planet as an end result of relying on industrial chemical agriculture, which, which essentially is a death cult. Which is, which is responsible for destroying up to 75% of all winged insects from the 1980s. The study is actually done in Germany and they go out into the fields and the meadows and the forests and the agricultural lands. And they we have a biodiversity collapse of epic proportion. It's not a bee problem, it's a biodiversity. It's and a so, biodiversity problem, yeah. yeah. And so they would say, an impossible burger grown from GMO soy dipped every seed dipped in it to kill bees and butterflies and birds sprayed with Roundup, killing, contaminating the water, growing on 
on on for you know on lands where they might have grown forests and just you know like really messing up South America, shipping that grain to China, processing it with a byproduct from gasoline called hexane, extracting that where workers can be killed and poisoned if you have if you have if, and and workers can be permanently maimed. It's a very toxic. It's and 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 so then you now you take that product, and then. You make it into like a meat substitute with with all sorts of other synthetic, more GMO you know uh, ingredients from corn. You ship that by port to 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 the to the U.S. Then it goes by truck to another factory. Then it's made into these like Impossible Burgers, and then it's shipped to another location uh, for a distributor, and then it goes to a retailer, and then it's shipped again. And this is what this is what the United Nations, <clears throat> this is what the World Bank, this is what Bill Gates, this is what the World Resource Institute, this is what the Sierra Club, this is what environmentalists say, this is what Bloomberg says, this is what the New York Times says, this is what all of these people say mm. is going to be the solution for our climate, is mm. plant-based from a death culture because it's plant-based, because it's plant-based, because it's plant-based. Like this is utter madness and instead yeah. we can rely we can mimic we need to understand the holistic the holistic circle and cycle of nature from yeah, the waterways yeah. to the soil yeah we can mimic nature we can we can take that wheat farmer in kansas who is growing wheat and they can put in multiple you know com uh, companion plants there to increase the fertility and then after they harvest the wheat we can bring the cows in and the cows can eat those plants and 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 um, we can plant uh, more crops and the cows can eat that. And then the cows are essentially being fed grass powered by sunlight and water. And then we can consume that protein. Yes, the cow's gonna have, you know, it's gonna have a couple of years of really good life and then one bad day. And, and you know, we're taking the life and, and we need to understand that. Um, but on the other hand, we're gonna no no bees and, and there's actually more bees. There's more butterfly. There's more wildlife that can be sustained there, versus growing GMO soy and all the toxic chemicals. At our current rate, one to two percent of all insects is dying every year. Number one cause is is industrial agriculture chemicals. They're designed to kill. So, and how we've gotten here a little. In in, 19, in in the end of World War II, an old farmer, uh, this guy named Dick Harder, I remember, and he about 30 years ago, he was telling me this um, about why we got into this industrial agriculture. He says, John, at the end of the, and he was an or, he was an early organic farm in the 1960s, growing rice in California. Um, he said we had a lot of plane factories, had a lot of bomb factories. So what did we do? We declared the war ended, so we declared peace on you know a treaty on the war, and then we decided to create a new war, and the new war was bugs and nature. So we declared war essentially on ourselves. So we used the same factories to make bombs, and we made fertilizers, and we made pesticides, and then we dropped them from airplanes or injected them in, and that's been going on for eighty years. And so now we need to declare. Uh, we need to we need to declare an end to the war, and and the way we do that is mimic nature, which was you know and regenerative agriculture, and it's not necessarily everyone's evil people. It's just that they've gotten into this system 
you know, like, you know, vegetarians think that they're doing a good thing and saying, I don't want to kill any animals, but they're going to kill all the bees and birds and, and, and deer. And like National Geographic says now that these pesticides that are being used in Impossible Burger and used in all these other plant-based, industrial plant-based are actually killing birds. Um, so we- Yeah, we, we need to find an end to that death cycle, right? That cycle yeah, of like continuous yeah, yeah. death cult or, or you call it war on ourselves. Is, yeah. it, it's becoming very, I would say visible at this point in our evolution because we're, we're so close to hitting the wall. Or in other words, maybe we've already hit the wall and we're just like bouncing off it and being like, wow, if we keep doing this for another 20 years, we're not going to be here anymore because it's going to happen to the fish in the sea. It's going to happen to the quality of water. It's going to happen to all of the, you know, biodiversity from insects to microbes, to bacteria, to big animals, and ultimately even to ourselves. So that cycle, I mean, it's, this is John, you're, what, you're so well educated and in the know of this. And, you know, it's triggering for me, this, this original frustration with which I started this podcast, the frustration that this is visible, but still we pretend like it's too complex to solve. So we're just going to keep creating the wheel. <clears throat> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's wild. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's wild. Yeah. And, and the good thing is nature is very resilient. And so all we need, if we had five years to focus on regenerative agriculture, <clears throat> we mm. could transform it. If we went, if we just had mm -hmm. every farmer in the middle of the country do a cover crop, um, um, if we, um, if we would integrate animals um and so but the you know the good news is more people are waking up tens of millions of people seeing this film and and um you know even even the secretary of agriculture you know which i joked i called him you know uh you know you know mr monsanto tom vilsack mm -hmm. you know he saw the kiss the ground film you know one of my buddies made sure that he saw it and, and and he liked it and it's like it's not it's not 2012 it's 2021 mm -hmm. so it's a different time so he's interested in soil health a little more you know he's you know like some of the big farmers i mean we actually had a hearing at the U u.s department of agriculture i mean the um the uh um congress had a hearing on agriculture and they actually showed the film the trailer and they had one of the stars gabe brown spoke in, 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 you know, by Zoom and talked about that, you know, and they also had people who were, you know, promoting bear and other stuff, but the fact we're starting to, you know, we're starting to change that. Um, and also I want to talk about two amazing crops that, that I'm very excited, that I'm, that I'm very passionate about that have a lot of, lot of great potential. And they are two crops <clears throat> that most people don't know about because of colonialism and economic racism. Go for it, I'm curious. And those two crops are fonio in Africa, West Africa. It is a, it's a tiny little seed. And the other crop I'm gonna tell you about is a tiny little seed on the other continent in, in, in Amaranth in, in Mexico. And fonio grows in poor soils. You don't need, it doesn't need a lot of nitrogen. It, 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 it's, it's a grass, it's gluten-free. Uh, it's very high in protein, including uh, um, some of the proteins are really good for your immune system. It's like um, a millet, isn't it, Fonio? What? It's like a millet. <clears throat> it's kind of like a millet or a teff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a member of the grass. It's a grass family. Um, very high in minerals. And we grow three to 400,000 pounds, uh, three to 400,000 tons a year in West Africa. We could increase that to 10 million. 
but but the West isn't interested. As I was communicating to one of the one of the UN uh, you know food summit people um, yesterday uh, via email, and so I've been you know they they've some of them have been reaching out to me because they know I'm a very strong critic, and you know I guess you know they want to have me inside the tent and <clears throat> outside the tent in, uh, um, and. And you know, I basically say it's a death cult. Like you know, we are promoting a death cult called industrial, formerly known as industrial agriculture. It's a death cult because it's based on killing. It's killing on natural systems, and we want to focus on living systems. Uh, and and so the phonio, we could we yes. could increase it, but you know, where is you know why is it that the hundreds of millions of dollars that the Gates Foundation, that the World Bank, that the IMF. Um, uh, and other foundations, why are they not promoting Africa's indigenous plants? Because this doesn't require fertilizer, doesn't need pesticides. You can store it for, for many, many years. I encourage people to go and buy it on the internet, Fonio, F-O-N-I-O. Uh, it's a small little seed. And when you produce it, when you make it, I, I suggest it's a little dry. So I just put a little oil on it. When you cook, it only takes five minutes to, to prepare. And, and uh, uh, I like to blend it in with soups and, and other things. Um, and then if you go now go to the other continent, and by the way, it was hard to process. It was very hard. To, it was very labor and test process. There's a now new new company that's working on that. And, and I'll, we'll get in a bit. I want to talk about I'm working on a new a new platform to work to work to work with these farmers, both in North America and in, and in Mexico and in Africa to bring that to the as you know, through a global global supply chain and global conscious uh, brand called Farmer Eve. And we'll come back to that in a minute. So um, but now they're able to we can increase the production because it can be processed much easier, you know, on a lower lower cost. They they had to figure out a way to to, to take out the, the shell off of it, the hard the hard outer husk. Um, and then in Mexico, amaranth. I was just reading. Amaranth and chia were the dominant two food crops in Mexico. When the conquistadors and the Spaniards came there, they said, "Oh, that's a bad crop." They're making they're making religious figurines too close to communion, <clears throat> so they banned it and said it was illegal to grow. But some people up in the oh in the God. mountains didn't get the didn't get the text, so they kept growing it. And amaranth <clears throat> can grow in extreme conditions. And and at one time it might have been producing like like sixty or seventy percent of the protein, you know, for um, for the Aztec Empire and some of the great uh, um, uh, uh, indigenous cultures in in Mexico, uh, you know, um, five hundred to a thousand years ago, and now they're bringing back this amaranth crop. And, and uh, um, um, there's some I've been just looking at some amazing reports. Uh, uh, I'd love if you could link some of these, you know, in the in the podcast oh, yeah. later. So so, and I'm actually speaking to someone who's de who's dedicated like 25 of his last year all about this in Mexico with a with a, a co-op. And so those those are those are two grains that we could really be growing a lot more of that that we can do for food. Also, another simple thing. Um, I'm working with um, with a group in Malawi, uh, per Permaculture Paradise Permaculture Institute. <clears throat> Paradise Permaculture Institute. Just by simply having people plant bananas and papayas behind where their their shower is, when their shower water runs out, 
they produce abundant food. So all we literally need to do is say, just plant a banana tree where the water flows and we have food. It's, it's, it's so mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah. That, that yeah. what we're yeah. doing is still to, is kind of comes back to this colonialist origin of how can we control people and the systems of people and it's it's now like a, a, a capitalist colonialism that just continues the same right. spiral in this incredibly you call it the death cult it's industrial agriculture like this this incredibly effective way of destroying ecosystems right and everywhere in the world uh, no matter who i've interviewed no matter where i've traveled to there are you know not just hundreds not just thousands but like millions of people with great hearts great intentions that are ready to to do what it takes to replenish soil and waterways but somehow there is this counterforce. I'm, I'm very curious on your point of view how you know we where the cap to this this capitalist colonialism can be, like how that can kind of uh, how, how we can pull that tooth, you know, where where it, where it has power over um, our decision making. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really explore this in this this art, my latest article called uh, "Make America's Rivers Blue Again." It's about 3,500 words. It's long. I wanted to have it like 1,400 words, but it, it went very long. But I call out the you know some of the stuff I talked about the the, the Bill Gates, um, uh, the Sierra Club, the World Resource Institute, and ironically, the head of the World Resource Institute, who I just you know who was who I have a picture of his mugshot you know you know with the Monsanto logos, uh, Bezos just hired him to oversee his his uh, uh, you know 10 billion dollar good you know green earth plan. You know, and, and he's basically been carrying water for Monsanto. They want to promote efficient sustainability, <clears throat> efficient, you know, use of chemicals. They, they actually, you know, the, when I talked to the people on the phone, they said, you know, John, if you do 100%, you know, grass fed, you know, that's, that, could, that can only produce 20, 27% of the amount of beef um, than, than a CAFO beef, and it's worse for the environment. You know, like they said that with a straight face, like some scientists put that report out like, you know, a few years ago, you know, 20 years ago, because we know, you know, that they want to continue this on because, because see, the food industry is bigger than the internet industry. So it's bigger than, you know, especially it's bigger, if you bigger include bigger the, fish, the, the fisheries and the, you yeah, know, the whole it. ocean yeah. politics to it. It's, yeah, it's a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar. Industry. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to go back to. So one of the, one of the things we're working with this Great Plains Regeneration Project is that I found out. So I'm looking at like, okay, like how can we grow grains better, and and then how can we grow grains that were de, that were heirloom grains, um, and these heritage heirloom grains. See, in the 1940s, they they we hybridized wheat and we increased the amount of protein and gluten because that's what the bakers wanted. Um, and these heirloom varieties, um, like uh, turkey red, Sonoran white, uh, these um, have a different protein and gluten structure. So people have more sensitivities of gluten are able to consume these much, much, much easier. Not necessarily if you're celiac, but if you have a slight sensitivity. Um, so this is a really interesting thing but it's not really on the radar of the, of the food industry in the United States. There's a lot of these little mini mills opened up. So we're working to open up a, an, a, a farmer owned co-op food mill. So the idea is we'll grow the crop, we'll clean it, we'll mill it, we'll bag it and sell it 
direct to consumers through the internet, uh, you know, through Amazon, through uh, through Thrive Marketplace, um, and and through Shopify, and then also work with retailers as well. So, um, uh, you know, what what some of the things I found though is the price the farmer gets is so low. In 1980, the farmer was getting eight cents a pound for wheat. That was 1980. And guess about today? Guess how much a farmer is getting? Take a guess. It was eight cents then. And I want everyone who's listening. How much are farmers getting paid for wheat? Eight cents in 1980, today, 19, uh, uh, 2021. 11 40 cents. years ago. Well, 11. let's just say it went down quite a bit. It, it went let's up to 11. Two cents. It, it, went, went, it went up to 11. Okay. Yeah. But it was, it was like nine cents, a, you know, like, a, like a couple of years ago. So how much has the price of spark plugs gone up? How much is the price of fuel? How about insurance? It's gone up like 3x. So essentially, they're... they're their their value is 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 really dropped by like like sixty or seventy percent. Uh, counting How in inflation, the, the value is dropped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A house in Kansas in nineteen eighty, you could buy a house in rural Kansas for, um, for for four thousand dollars, and today that house is sixty thousand. Um, so um, so getting very little. So what I you know essentially unless we can unless we can get farmers to get a, a better to get a, a better slice of the food pie, and today. The amount of money that farmers get of the food pie is the lowest since they've been recorded. So that same loaf of that that same wheat going into a loaf of bread is now is like tripled. But the farmers are getting their farmers are getting just a little more, but the price is tripled. Um, so it's it's not economically viable unless we make farmers whole economically we can't regenerate the planet. And if we don't regenerate the planet, then all the insects and the, and the oceans, because all the, you know, the oceans, the plankton is tied in to all the carbon in the soil. So we have a healthy soil, we're gonna have a healthy ocean. If we have, a, if we have an unhealthy soil, we have an unhealthy ocean, all the runoff from the chemical fertilizers. So- it all ends up in the soil so, yeah. and in the ocean. So what yeah. I've determined is the only way to regenerate soil is the farmer has to be part of the solution and that means they need to get more money. So I've I've come up with 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 a group of farmers and we're 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 kind of like in the we're just we're we're in this conversation which is which is which is a different culture. You know, it's like one of the things like I'm west coast fast innovative, you know, a little visionary, you know, work to be as practical as possible. You know, that's how I, that's how I sold a billion dollars worth of foods. Had to be a little practical, you know, and they're like, you know, and I want to move fast. And so like the culture, my, you know, the West coast culture and then Kansas rural, small town farm culture. So it's an interesting dynamic that we're playing with. And, and so, um, and we both have our own projections of like what society says, like what do people tell us in the West coast that people are in the middle of the country are the flyover. And then what do they think of us as like, quote, progressive or liberal or Hollywood or elite or, or environmentalist, or we have all these tags that we layer onto. So when we look at the person, we're trying to see, we're seeing through the filter that the dominant paradigm has put a filter there to divide us. So we need to strip those filters away and, and connect. So, so I'm, I'm, it's very, it's very interesting process. Um, but so we've we're creating this 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 co-op, and we've come up with the name Farmer Eve. Um, the idea I wanted something that had that tied to food and its farm 
farming, so farmer. And then Eve, I wanted a shorter name, something that was that wasn't too long. And then I love the name Eve, and it's also you know you know from Garden of Eden, Eve, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, going back. Um, and uh, it's something you know, and uh, and and our tagline is Nine Grains Revelation. Nine Grains Revelation and Revelation. Uh, means different things to people, but it's like the idea is to reveal. And so, so we're going to show how we can we can really restore the 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 uh, the grains and the grains. You know, our great 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 grandparents, twenty five percent of our diet, thirty percent of our diet, you know, was wheat. Uh, you know, or forty percent, some cases fifty. You mm -hmm. know, the cradle of yeah, civilization. Yeah. And I know, you know, so. So uh, there's the really interesting opportunity. So this we're going to launch this this fall. I'm just I'm working working right now on the packaging, designing, and systems, um, and working with some of these. And I want to tell you one one little story about this one heirloom crop. So one of our one of our farmers, Darren Darren Unruh, he grows this crop called Turkey Red. His great grandparents <clears throat> came from Crimea and Russia in the 1890s. And before they left Russia, they sent their little kids out into the field and said, get some of the grain, put it in your pocket. And that grain was turkey red, this heirloom wheat variety. It's twice as tall as, a, as the conventional wheat, the, the, the hybridized wheat, the modern wheat, and has half the yield. It's high protein. And so they put those, so his great-grandson, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather brought that to, to the United States in Kansas. And, and it, was, it was what the, the whole wheat industry was based on, on this in the middle of the country. And then the 1940s, it started to go away with the hybridization and, and pretty much no one was growing it in just in the last few years. So here we have, here we have, uh, Somewhat that and and that is working to bring back and these these have more different nuanced flavors, and 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 has a different protein structure and and uh, gluten. So people who couldn't I, I see so many people say oh yeah I, I couldn't eat bread before now I can eat some of this, and the funny thing is I'm not necessarily a big I'm kind of like you know, more like paleo diet, you know, like, like, like a modified, I mean, I eat a lot of vegetables, I eat whole foods, I eat a few grains, but I really believe with the coming climate change that we need to have, we need to have access to, to grain stored as a food source and people can have their own little food mill. Um, and the other thing that's come out of the, my research on this, there's an innovative way to mill this the two ways to mill it are the, the roller milling, which we talked about earlier, which strips out all the nutrition. It basically, it, it, it refines it. It strips out all the, the minerals, the vitamins, all the B vitamins, the selenium. You know, wheat is loaded with selenium, magnesium, and zinc. These are all important master minerals. And then, so it gives you this white bread and the companies call it unbleached, the marketing. Whenever you see a bag of flour in the store that says unbleached, you know, that's like the mark of like, we've stolen all the nutrition, but we're going to tell you it's unbleached. So it's good. You know, like, it, and, and there's no, you look at, there's no fiber. Mm. They, they don't even mention the minerals that are the most important. So our nutrition panel is going to be like 50% larger, longer than theirs is. It's crazy what has been done in the you know, name of progress and the, the world of marketing. 
that is kind of supported, let's call it what you call it, the death cult, right? From uh, destroying our biosphere, our ecosystems with, with seemingly good intentions and seemingly good language. It's very interesting to understand that part of the reconciliation on this planet, you just mentioned, for example, between the different cultures within the US or you know, on a global level, there's so much work in terms of reconciliation to do, but we have to do it with ourselves and the lies we told ourselves and each other as well so we can create trust and we can create commitment towards a world that very simply you know mimics nature and goes in in harmony with those natural rhythms and systems of regeneration john we're you know you made it really easy for me as an interviewer because you're so knowledgeable and you had so much to share i'm sure we can set up a, another interview at, at some point soon to to go deeper into some of those topics i'd love to ask you a question at the at the very end of this this episode for today and that is your, your dream or your vision for the seven generations into the future. So if we're ancestors of the future right here, right now, what's the vision that's inside of you that you know, reaches the seven generations out? That's a, that's a great question. I mean, I, would, I tend to, I'm, I was joking to, when I was writing a letter to some, some, of the, some of these food officials recently, I tend to speak more direct and, and less filtered as I as I become uh, a little older, I, I would say right now, I would encourage everyone just this generation. I'll just speak to right now, is is to be grateful for what we do have. Be grateful for the food that we we enjoy. Uh, grateful, you know, for the sun. Uh, you know, grateful for the for the rain, um, um, because what 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 we have now may not. We may not be able to have that in the in the coming decades, in the coming years. Um, you know we're a, 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 a epic crisis right now. Um, we have a window, but that window is, is is you know a doorway, and that window is is closing rapidly. Um, you know we don't have until twenty thirty to wake up to a global reality, <clears throat> um, and uh, uh, and at our current rate by 2035 there probably will not be hardly any winged insects and hardly any plankton in the ocean which basically means most people will be leaving the planet here in the in the within within uh, one to two decades um, or we can open up we can get through that we can get a little sideways and get real get get as thin as we can and through that closing door and 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 through the matrix and into the 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 bliss of nature and into following nature and and transforming right now maybe we have like one and 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 the 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 opportunity is food because food food is impacts so many things if we get you know we get the water if we get food right we get the water right we get healthcare right um, you know, we get economics right. Uh, we get climate change. It's all it's all tied into it. It's right. and and we can take that legacy load and put it back into the soils. Um, so we need we need five times as many people right now. Maybe one in ten thousand or one in twenty thousand people on the planet are really focusing in on some of these issues in in a, in a significant way. Mm -hmm. If we had one in five hundred, it would change overnight. We just need we just That's need that next generation. We, you know, so if we can do that, then then we have a, a bright future for for the seventh you know generations, and and if we don't, then then our species will be leaving this planet, 
and and uh, the future may may be in the in the dream time, you know, in the uh, in the spirit world, in the void of of who knows, uh, depending on on our you know interpretation of the cosmology and, and religious view of 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 reality that unfolds when we leave this this body. Um, uh, let's just, let's work on that first one uh, together uh, with everyone listening. Let's make sure that it's, you know, one out of 500 people that are understanding, believing and dedicated to regeneration. I think there is a, a growing trend that's happening where we can see the, you know, we can, we call it the death cult in this, in this conversation, the work of industrial agriculture, the death cult in that sense has become so obvious and the nonsensical interconnection of the consequences have become so obvious that I think there are many, 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 many people who are like, well, there is a much simpler way and we are part of nature. And as we're part of nature, let's learn from the, you know, the, the banking system of the forest, the way the forest trades nutrients underneath the ground. And right. All of, all of these, these points of connection that are available in the natural world for us. Definitely. <clears throat> nature, nature has the answer. Um, we can learn a lot from nature. Human imagination is 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 phenomenal, and uh, um, um, you know there's there's lots of lots of uh, lots of really good things going on. We just need to uh, to transform, and also you know women women are a key aspect of this because women understand regeneration much much easier and much faster. Biologically connected to it, John. Let's 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 talk about. Um, a, a deeper and longer conversation for another episode. I'm sure I'll have you back because this has really been so educative. I'm super grateful for your time. And thank you so much for being a Green Planet Blue Planet. Great. Thank you for inviting me. Let's regenerate. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Here we are again. This is your host, Julian, and I hope you truly enjoyed this episode of Green Planet Blue Planet podcast. Check out my Patreon, best way to support the podcast, myself and the mission, lots of exciting perks and ways to be engaged to receive more value. That being said, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe, review the show, share it with the people you love and have yourself a stellar day. Thank you.